Last night, I sent out an article to those on our church email list uh, about the dangers of alcohol. It was written by Dr. Ambosh. Uh, it's a good read. Uh, I, I don't believe for a moment the Lord, in this portion of Scripture we're going to look at, uh, provided alcohol, alcoholic drinking uh, for this wedding. I'm against the drink and always have been and always will be. You know, I see the horrible effects of it uh, on families and uh, children, relationships. Uh, so I just want you to know that as we start off, this is not what the Lord did. He provided grape juice, the wine. Uh, so if you don't have or haven't received that, uh, please let us know. Just reach out to us and we'll send you a copy of that article. It's not a long read, but I think it would be helpful. All right. So John chapter two and verse number one. And the third day there was a marriage in Canaan of Galilee and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus saith unto him, They have no wine. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? My hour is not yet come. His mother saith unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. And there are set there six water pots of stone, after the manner of the purifying of the Jews, containing two or three fervents apiece, which is between 18 and 27 gallons. Jesus saith unto them, Fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he saith unto them, Draw out now and bear unto the governor of the feast. And they bear it. When the ruler of the feast had tasted the water was made wine, and knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water knew, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom, and saith unto him, Every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine. And when men had well drunk, then they which is worse. But thou hast kept a good wine until now. This beginning of miracles did Jesus and Cain in Galilee, and manifested forth his glory, and the disciples believed on him. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you for this opportunity to be in your word. And pray, Lord, that you would encourage our hearts to know you well. To follow, follow, follow you more in love and follow you more effectively. Lord, we're so thankful for all you've done. And Lord, be with us now in Jesus' name. Amen. So last week in John, uh, we saw in first chapter that uh, John gave some really convincing evidence of the deity of Jesus Christ. And Jesus has shown in all the majesty of his place in the Godhead. In chapter 2, there's two snapshots of Jesus, uh, and the first that we just read is the wedding, and we'll examine that in a moment. The second snapshot is from verses 12 to 25. Jesus is shown at the house of worship in this situation, and he exerts his authority in that latter part of the chapter and cleanses the filth from the Father's house. And by the way, God's mind has not changed on that fact. His house is still to be a house of prayer and worship. It's not a place of merchandise and power and politics that we so often see these days. Jesus stands in opposition to those practices. This morning, we're going to look at the scene in this wedding, small snapshot of Jesus' humanity, his care for those around him, and how he gets involved in common day problems and situations. We see the interaction, first of all, in the first two verses, the situation is a wedding, a very social event. I guess we all would like to go to a wedding right now because it's social, no more distancing, but everyone together. A wedding was quite the event in the Bible times. I mean, it's an event today, but it was even greater then. Uh, 
it could actually last up to a week of a wedding celebration. We're not told who is getting married here, but I, I think there's some validity to the thought that this could be someone who was either a family member of the Lord, a kinsman, or some close family friend. Uh, the idea that Mary is involved, we see in verse 1, verse 3, and verse 5, you know, she was not a wedding coordinator. This idea is that, you know, family helps family at weddings, a family friend helps family. Uh, so I think there's some connection that way. We don't know who, and it doesn't really matter. But in this scene, it tells us that Jesus chose to participate in a common, routine, everyday type event. Jesus isn't just for Sundays. He desires and deserves to be included in all of our life. And we see that Jesus is specifically called. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. Jesus got an invitation. Someone possessed the forethought, hey, let's call Jesus to this event. Never be guilty of attempting to exclude Jesus from an area of your life. By the virtue of his sacrifice on Calvary, he deserves to be included in every part. Let me read you a verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye have bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. We're part, if you know Jesus Christ is Savior, you're part of the family of God. You're not your own. You're bought with a price. Maybe someone watching today thinks of an area that, hey, uh, maybe my life's not as open to the Lord as it should be. Well, this is time to get taken care of. Stop holding back. Give God access to every part of your life. A few weeks ago, we were in Revelation chapter 3 and talked about Jesus being at the door. Now, there's times that Jesus stands at a door and he's knocking to let us, let, to let us, him in, I should say, and, and serve us and minister to us and lead us. Hey, that's your invitation too. You know, let the Lord in. Let him have his place. We notice as well, he was called Jesus, come help us or come involved with this wedding, I should say. And all events, the child of God, we, we never should fear the Lord coming and, and being part of our life or coming in aid. He cares. Jesus Christ cares about you and me. He comes to help and aid. Call unto me, Jeremiah 33, 3 says, and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. A great song that we'd sing. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear when we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Let's make sure that we are staying connected with Jesus Christ. Verses 3 to 9, we see Christ's strength. There's a problem. Uh, and the, uh, Verse number 3, And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus saith unto him, They have no wine. During these festivities, the, 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 the celebration, in this particular situation, they ran out of wine. That doesn't sound like much of a problem to us, uh, but to the to Jewish family, to the Jewish bridegroom in the Jewish culture, that was a disaster. First of all, it was a matter of honor, right? The, the bridegroom was responsible for providing adequate supplies. So if you ran out before the celebration concluded, it meant that you hadn't planned well and hadn't provided for your guests. So this kind of runs then into the second part. That would cause a public embarrassment for the groom and his family. 
I mean, it wouldn't take long for the word to float out there that they ran out of supplies. Life doesn't always go the way we have planned it. Haven't we learned that lesson lately? I never thought in my life that I would be preaching in this kind of format now and continuing. I never thought that. I was supposed to be in Vancouver this weekend preaching at a college and career retreat. Hey, but there was different, life happened, like things come up. And then there's times of troubles and trials come up to us, car breaks down on the way to work. You forgot about that really important meeting at work or it was called on a different day than you thought. The kids are fighting like crazy, so forth, so on. It's common. Uh, Job 14.1, the man that is born of a woman is of a few days and full of trouble. Ezekiel, uh, not sorry, Ezekiel, Ecclesiastes 2, verse 23, for all his days are sorrows and his travail grief. Yea, his heart taken that rest in the night. This is also vanity. There's all kinds of problems. They're going to be about us. We can't escape them, but we can take them to Jesus. Those around us may see them as nothing, but Jesus understands. I mean, you might be going through a circumstance and no one else knows. Jesus does, and he cares. He's touched with your grief. He cares for you. You know, in Mark chapter 4, Christ and his disciples were in a storm, and they were tossed about. And then again, there's another uh, story in John chapter 6 where the disciples were in a storm by themselves. In both instances, the disciples felt that Jesus was out of touch with their need, with their situation. And both times they were wrong. Jesus knew their troubles. He felt their need. And he moved in on that problem. And he made a difference. And he'll do the same for you. If he can do it for those men, he can do it for us. He can do it for us. In, in this time of trouble, Mary comes to Jesus. And verse number three, I already read it for you. And uh, she gives us some good steps to follow when we face problems or troublesome times. Go to Jesus. That's what she did. She went to Jesus. Uh, and Mary took it to the Lord. And so should we. Uh, Philippians 4, 6 says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Bring them to Jesus. Now, verse number 4 Jesus said unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? My hour has not yet come. The the terminology of woman was a common addressing of a, in that time to a woman. It, it wasn't it wasn't rude or nasty. And, and the Lord is referring to his future ministry as well. Uh, but he's not being nasty here. He's not being cruel. He's just, you know, what, what, what's going to happen next is amazing. So she brings her problem to Jesus and then follow his word. The only command ever issued in the Bible by Mary is in verse number five. And she says, his mother saith unto the servants, it's Mary, whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. Do it. Now, I know that you probably have family members uh, who might uh, be involved in the Roman Catholic Church, and I understand there's inappropriate worship of Mary and things. But Mary does something absolutely essential here. And it's an excellent advice that every one of us should use. And if anything, this might be an opportunity, a witnessing tool for you for people like that. Hey, Mary told you to do this. This is a command in the word of God. When problems arise, when troubles are tossed to your life about, the best thing you can do is bring it to Jesus. There's a few things the word of God says. 
Uh, in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Come unto me, all ye that are labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come to him. You're heavy hearted. Come to him. You're weighed down with burdens. Come to him. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Take those burdens, bring them to Jesus, and then put them at his feet. Don't carry them any longer. Cast them to him. Leave it with the Lord. Oh, you have responsibility, yes. But leave it in the Lord's hands. Do your part, yes. You know, be faithful. Do your responsibility, yes. But cast those fears and those cares upon the Lord. Romans 8.28 says, And we know all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. This verse is encouraging us to trust him. Now, this verse is not for everybody. This verse is for people who know Jesus Christ as Savior. It's pure and simple as that. If you don't know Christ as Savior, this verse doesn't apply to you, but I got good news if you don't know Christ as Savior. In Acts chapter 16, verse 31 and they said, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. Uh, that's the good news. Believe on Jesus Christ for salvation. He's the only way. He's the door. He's the truth. You know, he's the way. And that's who you need to go to. Jer- uh, Mary says, follow his word. And this is what his word tells you. Accept Christ as Savior. We see his performance in verse number 6. And there were set there six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews. And in verse seven, and Jesus saith unto them, Fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he said unto them, Draw out now and bear unto the governor of the feast, and they bear it. So Jesus took the commonplace situation and made it extraordinary. He I mean the Lord gets evolved and situations change. What he did was unconventional. Now Jesus won't do things the way you think he should. He'll move in his way at his time. Uh, recently, we, Sunday nights, we've been going through the book of Daniel, and we just saw the three Hebrew boys, well, they are men, who got cast in the furnace. So, you know, we could think, why would they even get need to be cast in the furnace? They love the Lord. Why would the angel come before that? He could have, but he chose another way. And on Saturday, I gave a devotion about this, about uh, Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are the ways higher than yours. And my thoughts, then your thoughts. We're never going to understand how the Lord's going to do things. We just need to trust him. You know, bear those burdens to him. And it was uncommon. It was unbelievable what the Lord did here in this situation. Uh, in verse number nine, when the ruler of the feast had tasted the wine, that's when uh, was made wine and knew not whence it was. The governor of the feast called the bridegroom. I mean, this was unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. This was quality of this was beyond what they had started with. Now, we need to be careful that we don't stick God in a box and figure that this is the only way God's going to do something. God is working in marvelous ways beyond our comprehending. He's taking care of things. And totally unbelievable that the governor didn't know what was in that pot when it was brought out, but the servants did. So they carry those pots out of that place, back of the house, wherever it was located, and they bring it in. That was water. That was a burden. And then it was changed extraordinarily into wine. And and the blessings of it were affected upon everybody there. Maybe you're going through a tough spot. You're not, not many people understand the burden or the pain you feel. 
Oh, I got wonderful news for you. Jesus absolutely does know. And your your pain is not unacquainted to him. He he knows. He understands. And when he moves in your time of need and turns your darkness today, he lifts those burdens or gives you strength to go through that load. You'll not forget it. To everyone else, it's just water or to wine. Sorry, it was wine to everybody else. But to you, you know exactly what was done. It was miraculous. The Lord provided. Verse number 10, and he saith unto them, Every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine, and when men have well drunk, that then that which is worse, but thou hast kept the good wine until now. And the idea of well drunk there means drunk freely. I mean, the idea that they were drinking the whole time. Uh, again, it's not a drunken stupor. So we see uh, Christ's provision, he, he provided for the flesh. He gave them just what they needed in the immediate circumstance. Uh, Philippians 4.19 is a wonderful verse. Uh, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And the key word is all your needs. <laughs> I mean, a couple of key words. He will meet your need. The widow of Zarephath in First First Kings 17 and her meal of, uh, of barrel. She, she just, the Lord just kept it going. God took care of her. Elijah by the book sheriff, First Kings 17, 1 to 6. Folks, uh, those events are recorded in Scripture to praise the Lord, to admonish Him, to glorify Him. Why not testify how the Lord has moved miraculously in your life? I can think of a time, and there's many times in life, but this one just came popped in my mind this week as I was preparing this message. We were on deputation, me, my wife, and Emily. She was just a little girl, and uh, it was just the three of us at that time. And we were in Alberta, southern Alberta. And we were running low on funds. There wasn't a lot of money coming in at the time. And uh, I remember meeting in a home Bible study of the pastor. I didn't have a meeting. We were just traveling through. Went to, went to church that night at his house, the Bible study. And there was a man there who was a Swiss, a Swiss man. He was from Switzerland, lived in Canada for a few years. And he owned a restaurant in town. Uh, in that uh, restaurant, he opened early. It was more of a breakfast, lunch type of affair. And, uh, we got talking, and he said, well, don't you come to my restaurant tomorrow before you head up to Calgary? I was like, sure, I'd love to. Uh, and my wife, in her soft voice, said, don't order too much. We don't have a lot of money. And, and I listened to my wife, and we got in there, and we sat down, and I was just looking for the toast and tea type of section. And he came over, and he was so happy we were there. He said, anything you want, you can have today. It's free on the house. Well, I went for more than toast and tea. I assure you that. Had a wonderful meal. And we spent some time with him, had a chat with him. And as we were getting the, up to walk away, he slipped me an envelope. $100. He said, that's for gas and for whatever your daughter needs. Truly amazing. I mean, it was miraculous. I didn't think anything like that would happen that day. The Lord provides for our needs. He's wonderful. His, his grace is sufficient. And we see as well the Lord you know, provided for faith and for the future here. In verse number 11, we see his disciples believed on him. Your faith in Jesus is never misplaced. You can put your faith in all kinds of bad places, but faith in Christ is never a bad place. It's really the only place that is secure. Your faith in Christ, he is sure, he is true all the time. We see as well that 
uh, Jesus was in the manifest in his glory. You know, the idea here is that we see the faith of the disciples being strengthened. They understand that Christ is here for a reason. There's a purpose. And the disciples were full of doubts. Uh, when they were at the event of the feeding of 5,000 in John chapter 6. They, they, they struggled to believe that. And if I was one of the disciples, I would struggle to believe that as well. But later, when Jesus fed the 4,000, which is recorded for us in Matthew chapter 15, we don't see one of them doubting. None of them were like, oh, where's the food going to come from? No, they trusted. They had seen him work before, and they knew he could do it again. They knew it was coming. Their faith had been increased. Folks, when you see Jesus Christ come through for you in the past, today, and in the future, you know what? It gives you hope for tomorrow's struggles and trials. After all, if he can move the mountain yesterday, he can move the mountain tomorrow because he doesn't change. Jesus is seen here and he helps in the events of life. He's just not some remote, supernatural being who's totally removed from our needs. He cares. He loves us, even in the smallest of details. And Matthew chapter 10 talks about how he cares about the sparrow. And he, he wants to help you. He wants to aid you to go forward for him. He wants to minister in your life. Where's your need today? What is your need today? Salvation. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? That, my friend, is the most desperate need of your life. And he can meet that need today. He will turn none away. He's come to save all. He's come to provide salvation for everyone who will call upon his name. And for the Christian, how's, how's your Christian life? How's that journey going? Are you not spending time with him as you should? Not praying as you know you ought? Doing things you know won't help your Christian life. Ask the Lord to forgive and strengthen you and move forward. Get in the Word. Start uh, being in prayer more. Get uh, Connect with some good friends that will help and be accountable for you. Some burden, some bad situation is placed upon you. You know, bring that burden and lay it at Jesus' feet. Bring that situation to the Lord and ask the Lord for wisdom to do right. Ask the Lord for strength to stay the course. I'm not saying that your pain is going to evaporate. No, not at all. But you'll have assurance that the Lord is working it out for your good. He cares. Some circumstances beyond your control and ability are weighing you down. Do as Jesus did, or as Mary did, sorry, and bring it to Jesus. Bring it to the Lord. Cast it at his feet. He loves you. He cares for you. In your everyday problems, Jesus Christ cares for you. Bring it to him. Dear Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for the story where we see that you care about the common day things. And Lord, we face all kinds of common day problems and circumstances that are beyond our control. Lord, help us to bring those things to you. Strengthen our heart for the battle, for facing that trouble. Give us your wisdom. Oh, we need it. Give us your strength. We we need your sustaining strength to face the problem. Lord, help us to look to you. And Lord, I pray for any who might 
watch this message and they don't know you Savior, help them understand their greatest need is salvation. It's you they need. Not another thing and not more influence. None of those things will bring eternal life. It's only through Jesus Christ. Oh, Lord, work in our hearts, I pray. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Just a couple reminders for you as we close off this morning. If you do have any questions about the message today, please contact us. Uh, If you don't know Christ as Savior, we'd love to talk to you about that. And maybe there's some other things on your heart that you'd like to talk to the pastoral staff, myself, Pastor Matt, about. Let us know. We want to be here uh, and serve you the best that we can at this time. We desire for you to be encouraged in your spiritual walk. And just a reminder as well, tonight at 5 p.m., uh, we're only looking our, at our series in Daniel still. In Daniel chapter 5, you can help yourself get ahead on that. You read chapter 5 and uh, be prepared for a quiz. We look forward to that time. We won't be meeting at the church tonight, uh, but you'll be in my living room again. So we'll look forward to that time. Have a great afternoon. Enjoy your day that the Lord has given you. Uh, keep exploring the word and keep looking to Jesus. Have a great day.